It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday, August 14th, episode number 73, talking about One Cut of the Dead from 2017, broadcasting from our, man, I can't believe they did that, studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. And a special guest, and the third time uh, uh, being a part of the podcast, you know him as Randy Gandy G. Landy. It is Andy Gaddis. How are you, man? I'm all right, man. Has it really been three? Yeah, that's crazy. It is three, yeah. We, yeah. Andy and I were actually talking about it. Uh, you were on um, Let the Right One In. Uh, you and I did audition, and this will be our third one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. I completely gloss over audition. Man, I'm just going straight for the Japanese horror for you guys. You know what? That's right. That is that. And horror and horror. And, and yeah, general, I, guess I guess Swedish horror, too, yeah. We're pigeonholing him, man. we got to find another so. movie for him. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing, nothing quite like a just a white dude from Florida to talk about international. Right? <laughs> exactly right. You know, maybe we should have you on for Underworld. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, that's uh, that sounds miserable. Thank you. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, Randy, you are from the Straight Chillin' Podcast. Where can they find you? Oh boy, um, we have a website, StraightChillingPodcast.com. We're on uh, socials under either that same moniker or str8 underscore chilling, which is on Twitter. Um, yeah, give us a give us a look. We're on iTunes. That's probably the best place to find us, or most helpful place for you guys to find us. Is if you want to listen to the podcast and leave us a review, that's great. Absolutely, that's pretty go, much it. Go do that. And I, I think I believe I'm going to be talking to you twice today because you guys are hosting a Joe Bob watch party. That's right. We got a little Joe Bob thing going on. I don't know if I can make it or not. I've been swamped with work, but if I can make it, I'm I'm hoping to. There's looks like looks like they're gonna have a pretty good uh, deep uh, horror cat or a uh, cast of horror figures. Uh, on the show tonight so excited for that yeah absolutely you can check out all their socials for the uh, link to join that zoom party I i'm gonna guess victor crowley because they have the entire cast on there like kane hotter tiffany shepis yeah. uh, felissa rose adam green it's that or it's a hatchet of some sort for sure <laughs> yeah i could imagine all right horror movie news horror movie news season two of eli ross history of horror is coming to amc in october i saw season one on shutter and it was a nice primer on horror introduced you to the genres gave you some examples of things to watch if you really haven't been into horror before but it's kind of cool for someone who knows a thing or two about horror too you see, you've seen that right yeah i have i mean it was okay yeah it was all right uh season two will be more of a deep dive into some of the subjects interviews with stephen king jordan peele ari aster tom savini and rob zombie will be featured i've never seen anything oh. with ari aster i mean I, I love ari aster what about you randy oh yeah i mean his, his work in the horror game has been pretty uh, groundbreaking for for the horror fans in the world for sure and uh, i would love to see him sort of hobnobbing with like rob zombie and stuff uh, he wasn't like i think zombie was on the first season if i'm not mistaken i think um, he was he was interviewed as part of it yeah instead yeah, savini so was to see too. they're expanding that 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 umbrella a little bit or getting a little bit uh, more like the modern names um right. in there to talk about their history it's yeah. great Definitely. Uh, Dread Sensor is reporting that Geek Nation will be streaming a live special with Blumhouse head Jason Blum, and you can expect a sneak peek at Halloween Kills. Geek Nation, who you can find on Twitter at GeekNationBR, is a Brazilian site. So the live stream presumably will be in Portuguese. Oh, boy. <laughs> but if you speak it or if you just want to know a little bit about Halloween Kills, you can check it out tomorrow. 
That's an interesting choice for an American production company. <laughs> I thought so too, but uh, you know, get a get a sneak peek at uh, at uh, uh, Halloween Kills, which we otherwise. You know, aren't going to get to see till what twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, exactly. October of next year, and I'm like, dang, man, you're just teasing it for us. Come on, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, I think it was actually uh, I've dried Central down here, but I think it was uh, bloody disgusting. Reported that Netflix has acquired the trilogy of Fear Street movies adapted from the novels of R. L. Stein. The Fear Street novels were released a few years before the very popular Goosebumps series. They play, take place in Shady Side, Ohio. Teenagers are usually protagonists against humans and paranormal adversaries. There are a total of fifty-two stories in this series. So this was a kids book or a teenage book? It was a teenage yeah. book, yeah. And it, it's uh, goosebumps for the hardcore crowd. Right. When you're, when you're in middle school, <laughs> exactly. it's a, just a little bit edgier than than goosebumps it, was. It, it looked it looked a little edgy, yes, a little more edgy than that. for the teenage set where goosebumps was a, yeah. a little younger audience. You graduate into Fear Street. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Uh, and Netflix will have those uh, coming up. Sweet, Is that anthology style. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, it looks like three separate movies. They'll actually oh, wow. be coming out uh, on Netflix, on Netflix uh, based on the Fear Street uh, movies um, or novels, and uh, they actually had some uh, bloody disgusting. Has some kind of uh, uh, synopsis of what each of the movies is going to entail. So I don't know that they were necessarily. I think they're just based on the overall series. I don't know that they were necessarily based on the a particular novel because um, mm-hmm. they didn't mention the titles of any novels. They showed three novels that uh, were in the Fear Street series, but they had nothing to do with the synopsis. So. <laughs> uh, maybe they're doing like the Tales from the Crypt thing where that's, it's just totally matching. That's what I'm wondering. So anyway, it seemed kind of interesting and that's about all we got for uh, horror movie news this week. All right, Andy's chainsaw plot. So I don't have a chainsaw plot this week because <laughs> I think if I said anything about the plot of this movie, it would be a spoiler. So That's I did not not, right. not do a chainsaw plot. I went into this movie, uh, One Cut of the Dead, and you told me, uh, John told me not to read or you know see anything about it. He just said, push play on Shudder and watch this thing. That's what I did. And for the first half hour, I was like, what the hell did you ask me to watch here, John? <laughs> and, uh, well, and I think that's a great way to go into watching this movie. Okay, before I go into the spoiler alert, uh, Randy, I, I have to admit that I picked this movie based on yours and Rob's suggestions because I believe it was your guys' top 10 of 2019. Your top three. I think it was your number three movie, if I'm not I'll, mistaken. I'll take it. I'll take your word for it because that that once that's out of my mouth, it's just gone from my brain. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you that my top five from 2019 either. Right. Well, <laughs> but I it's just, probably changed by now. I just remember you guys had bringing that up, and it was like in that top ten realm, and I was intrigued. And and you said it yourself, and Rob said it. Don't go into this movie reading anything about it. Go into it completely blind. That's I had watched it uh, last Saturday and said, Andy, when you go to this, do not read anything about this unless you want to know about the budget. So that's where we're going to drop this. So, yeah. <laughs> For once, I followed your somebody's instructions. Thanks, so. man. <laughs> this is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about One Cut of the Dead from 2017. Okay, pause the podcast. Yeah, and, and I'm serious this time. This is a you really should not listen to any of this podcast if you haven't seen this movie uh, until you've watched the movie. Go watch the movie first. That uh, I think more is very important in this case uh, more that's, than any. That's any exactly other movie. right. Pause yeah. the podcast. Absolutely, go watch this movie. Then come back to find out what we have to say about it. Three, two, one. 
All right, Randy, <laughs> initial thoughts of One Cut of the Dead. <laughs> uh, well, initially, yeah, this is this is such a hard movie to talk about without spoiling it, so thank God we dropped that spoiler warning. Um, so this movie, uh, it does this thing. It, it's not just a spoiler. It's basically, it's spoiled. It's got multiple turns in this plot where you end up, like, doing this Inception-level, like, tunnel vision down multiple layers of reality all the way back to, to the very end where you get actual behind the scenes footage in the credits of this movie. Right. There's like four layers deep of reality here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Andy and I were talking about it a little bit and it's just like the most meta of meta horror movies that you'll ever watch. It, it can, you can be no more meta than this movie. I honestly don't think I've seen anything as meta than this besides maybe rubber and that's a debate that you know I'm not ready to have. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And, yeah. Andy, your initial thoughts. So yeah, I, I went into this blind didn't didn't uh, you know read anything about it and anything like that and for the first 30 I guess it's 37 minutes or, or the uh, the initial movie is played to you and uh, I was like what in the hell are you making me watch here John this is this is just the most tropey dumb zombie movie I've ever seen I wrote all these notes I was like this scene takes too long why are they looking this way during this time you know? that's the most uncomfortable pause I've ever seen in a movie. exactly Little, what? the best part of that is that it turns out that those are like setups that you get paid off later on it's oh, yeah. so beautiful the totally. way they do that yeah. totally so in the third half of the movie I just threw out all my notes. I was like, I can't say any of this stuff. This is, this is, uh, this is the way it was supposed to be. I mean, it's, it's entertaining. I think it's very meta, uh, meta and, uh, you know, it's, it's basically three acts or this movie's in three acts, you know? So you see the uh, finished product first, you see, you know, the lead up to that, how it, how this came to be. And then you see what, how it was actually made. And, uh, and I think it's really entertaining. Uh, and also bring up what Randy just said is that at the end credits, you see the actual movie right. within a movie being made. And you're like, my it's mind so is fascinating. I'm blo- my mind blown. Yeah, it was uh, that was that was a nice touch. I, I like that. That was really cool. You got a girl being chased by a zombie, being chased by a camera, being chased by another camera, being chased by a third camera. <laughs> right. This is like I don't I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything that that is so like comprehensively uh, meta, but also very like like well, it's very comprehensible. Like you can. There's once they sort of make those turns, everything is in clear vision for me. Like once you start seeing how all these things connect, how like why these scenes were shot over long, why people are saying the most weird, bizarre, obviously made up on the spot dialogue possible, like all these things that that they set up at the beginning, they're all paid off at the end, and you. There's no confusion. It's not. That's the one thing that separates this from like an Inception movie. There, you don't get confused about what's going on. You just go, oh, oh, geez, this is happening. Oh, okay, that explains everything, and everything comes into the stark contrast with what you originally thought was happening. I really liked the. Uh, <laughs> I really liked the character of the director. I oh, mean, I like uh, you know, he in the first you know third of the movie you think this this guy's a giant jerk you know he he is like the you know putting it out there like treating his uh actors poorly he's uh doing all these uh things that are just like unconscionable to to the people working on his film and then you find out in the second third the two-thirds that he's really 
too nice actually for for uh, you know yeah, he's too nice to be out. a director actually <laughs> this yeah, is like a, he's like a family man with a wife he's got right. like a teenage daughter and and he's just a great guy but so much so that in the second like the second part of the the second part third of the movie i was i was like is this guy actually nice? This guy can't be nice. Wait a minute, he's a nice like, guy. <laughs> this guy running in and out of the shots, it was so, so I, it was actually like a really fun way of handling that character like within the movie and the movie of having him just kind of like blast into frame yelling action every few minutes yes. as like somebody's getting attacked by a quote unquote real zombie right. in the middle of their filming of a quote unquote zombie movie. So like I loved like that version of him, but yeah, to see that sort of completely like filleted and undercut by the, the middle portion of the movie and find out that not only is he like this nice dude who's just acting or whatever, he's also like kind of downtrodden. He's the guy that does cheap, fast work for people as a director. He's, you know, a little bit out of his depth doing something so intricate as doing a live broadcast zombie film in one cut. And not only that, but he also is having trouble with his daughter and getting her respect, uh, even though he introduced her to film and there's this emotional arc of her going from, okay, this is the person that inspired his daughter to become a director, but now she doesn't respect what he does anymore because it's not you know, high end enough for her or not right. as engaging for her. I, I think that's really brilliant. Like they, they add another adds multiple other layers of story that you have no idea about in the first 40 minutes. It's great. Right. That And that's exactly right. I mean, and, and the fact that um, the daughter's watching TV at some point and sees this interview with the actor that's going to be the actor within the movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fake zombie, and that's her, her new favorite or whatever, and he's looking down at the script going, oh, okay, well, maybe I get some respect this way. Um, I love the fact that, that they the way he maneuvered around that when you saw it in the uh, last third of the movie, where he's actually, he, he's doing everything he can to keep, you know, keep from seeing the strings as this thing's going live in this 37 minute cut that it, it, I mean that guy he was my favorite, favorite character as well yeah, it, was, it was great it was a great character in the movie but uh, to go back to the daughter I, I thought it was uh, it, it was really interesting how her you know she had been introduced to movies by him but you know her uh, enjoyment of movies had gone beyond what, what he uh, what he had produced and there was no more telling than in that scene where part they're watching some of his work on TV and she turns the channel on. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys watching yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, this yeah. is his work. This is what he does for a living. And, uh, you know, he has produced this on what's on the screen and she turns the channel to watch something else. So I, I, I thought that was a really uh, like kind of a telling uh, uh, scene about the, their, uh, you know, what, what she thought of film. And, you know, she has all these T-shirts and stuff, too, that I think she had pretty mm-hmm. much every I don't know, big, you know, there was a, uh, a shining shirt she was wearing and uh, Scarface shirt, I remember. And, yeah, uh, she's like, what's interesting about that character, too, is that like there's I guess you could put a metaphorical layer on it, as I'm intending to do right now, which is to say that, you know, she's sort of like the young, vibrant, you know, renegade filmmaker um and her father is the established gotta make my pay gotta pay the bills gotta keep the the trains running on time that's his role and it's sort of a compromise between those two ideologies that ends up getting them through the shot the the disaster that is their shooting so like and at the very end of this movie like the last shot or just about the last shot is um a human pyramid of people (laughs) 
to get a basically what's a crane shot, even though their crane broke, with the uh, daughter on the director's shoulders, and then they she, she shows him a picture after this happens of her as a child filming on top of his shoulders, and it's just a really beautiful moment. They added like not only is it an emotional element, but it's also like metaphorical. This this movie is more about filmmaking than it is about zombies or anything else. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. It's it's definitely a movie about movies, and and I thought that was that was a really great sh- scene and kind of brought their relationship into a circle you know where where she shows him that picture of uh her on his shoulders i thought that was uh that was a great kind yeah. of end to the the story of their relationship well yeah he had that picture taped into his script you know right. so he always had it with it because he, he you know obviously he's a loving father and you know always <laughs> supported her um the beginning of the movie it is it is a 37 minute no cut like like beginning of the movie and you know this is this is what we're talking about i mean it, it's just like to me that was brilliant I, i've never seen anything like this as bad as the acting was and you know all the cues the the drunk the drunk actor or the alcoholic actor bumping his head oh into, into the uh the door and then the actor reacts the the main actor goes Oh, the wind. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All these like weird things that happen at the beginning. You think to yourself, okay, so like, I mean, at least for me, because you don't, I didn't have a spoiler for this movie, but I did have, uh, my co-host Rob telling me that to avoid everything that I could for this movie. So that in itself is a little bit of a spoiler that there's going to be a turn of some kind. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I feel like things are going to like sort of shift on us here and we're going to figure out what these things are. And when we do, it's like two steps removed from where I thought it was because they reveal that it's not a real movie in the first like few seconds of the movie where the director comes up and starts screaming at his actors. And then there's just like layers beyond that. It's really interesting to watch that happen. And especially because it's such a slapshot production, you know, that they're putting together. You have your drunk guy whose name I forget as well, but he like, he's being held up because he is too drunk (laughs) to do his job and he's puking on a guy and you see that happen. And, and people are like, Oh gross on the set on camera because they're reacting to the fact that that's not planned. That's a drunk dude puking on a guy for real. (laughs) I I don't know. It's just, it's so amusing. Like on every level, it's amusing the first time you see it. And with the new context in the, in the third half and second half, really, you are, you, you just get, I don't know, you just get like the jokes build on themselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you don't I mean, everything that happens almost is is like wrong. So this guy's thrown so many bad things, the director. And, you know, there, there's a they don't know what to do. They're in the, the, the makeup artist is like putting makeup on the two actors. And then, um, you know, the actor goes, well, hey, uh, I heard you're taking self-defense. And then she goes, yeah, let me show you. Come grab me from behind. Palm. palm. <laughs> yeah, palm. That palm. seems to. That's where the power comes from. Exactly. <laughs> and I, 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 love I loved that. after you see that initially in the first part, they actually show you the uh, the video of her self-defense. Stick yeah, where her the watching says, it on TV. The power comes from saying palm. palm. <laughs> yeah, she's not wrong. She's 100 percent right. Um, yeah, that, that's it's so great to watch happen and then like just the, the way you sort of get to know the characters in different ways that's another thing about this movie is for the runtime the total runtime of the movie you get a shocking amount of characterization of all of these characters it really is it kind of ends up being a bit of an ensemble despite the fact that there's a clear focus on the director and his his family right i, I feel like you get really get to know that like several of the production people like the, the um one kid who's 
uh, gets puked on, the drunk guy, the, um, the guy that- who has irritable bowel syndrome or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and poo-poos his pants. Uh, he, he there's, like, there's just so many characters. And then you like, and the central core group of the family is so strong that the mom is so fun to watch because she just pivots throughout the movie into entirely different brain spaces. Sometimes it's like, She's acting too hard and she's taking it too seriously. And so she starts attacking people. It's just like this movie just got really bizarre. Yeah. And it, this is all built on this character, these characters that are, are ultimately like pretty lovable. Yeah. It, it's just a delight, honestly. And, and bringing back the mom, she was a previous actress that got fired for the same thing, right? Of being too rough with other, yeah, with she other actors. Broke a, a she broke an actor's arm or yeah, something. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really liked I liked the you know, the um, the main characters were ostensibly, you know, bigger stars or whatever, and especially the, the guy there. And uh, mm. I really liked kind of the attitude that they had in the in the second third of the movie and the, like how so they were and, 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 and then how he, you know, the director goes off on them yeah. and you see, you can tell where that's coming from in the, in the final third. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's that same, it's, it's, it's a movie about making movies and sometimes directors are, you know, bending over backwards to make the talent happy. And other times directors have had enough and get just a little bit of license to say what they really mean. And they go wild. This guy just goes nuts on it. And they're like, Oh my God, he's improvising. He's like, I'm the boss or whatever. He's screaming in this dude's face. And afterwards he's like, I can't believe you hit me. And this wife is like, Shut up and get on your mark. It's really cathartic to watch that dude get it. That's just, it was. Yeah. Cause I'll go back to something that he was saying to that main actor guy. He was just like, like, okay, but this is your movie because you're the star. You know, we're just, we're going to get through this, but, you know, we're going to make it as big as we can. And then, yeah, you know, there's this evolution of the director's character where he's just like, screw you. This is my movie. Get it, your stuff together. And ultimately, that's what that actor needed is kind of like the, the, the subtext of that, because by the end of the movie, he's, you know, just as happy as everyone that they just got through it. And it's like, right. OK, now that I'm actually participating in the team, I can see, you know, what's actually vitally important is accomplishing the thing as opposed to me getting, you know, the high art that I was I was promised or that I was interested in getting in the outset. I don't know. There's a lot that each character kind of has a little bit of an arc for the most part, with the exception of a couple that are just there to get puked on or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you saw everybody form the, the triangle, including the main actor yeah. guy. So. And I mean, that's like in itself, like a pretty spot on metaphor for a silly comedy like this. That's that's what there's is like, you know, this is no one person makes up this pyramid. This all comes together and things are going to go wrong and you're going to have to throw up your hands and figure out how to make it work no matter what. Even if it means sacrificing artistry to some extent, even if it means sacrificing, uh, I don't know, any number of things, um, personal ego, whatever it is. And that's what this movie ends up being is it's an ultimate release of uh, having this all work out on some level despite all of the things that go wrong along the way. It's great. That's exactly right. Yeah, so like Andy and I had talked uh, before we got onto this thing, and I, I talked to him about the movie Host, uh, which is also a Shutter exclusive. And he's like, "Is this the movie you told me to watch? Because it was so short. He, you know, it was thirty minutes, and then the credits roll. I'm like, no, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> no, that's what I initially thought. I was, you know, I, the credits roll, and I'm like, I know he t- he wanted to watch a shorter movie here, but I thought he said it was fifty six minutes. Not, I'm like, I, 
guess I better keep watching. <laughs> there yeah. must be more yeah, to this. And then I saw, you know, the uh, the counter on the uh, the timer or whatever was an um, uh, hour and 20 whatever minutes mm-hmm. long it is. So um, I knew there was more <laughs> more coming. <laughs> and then I, I kind of like looked. I'm like, well, what is this? The making of this movie or what? what's what's coming up here? So, I mean, yes and yes. Yes, uh, yes, it was actually. <laughs> that, that in a, in exactly. a manner of speaking, yes, it was. Uh, yeah, and that... like just watching, even I, I'm really taken with like the very end credits where they show, you know, the camera following the camera following the camera because it just yeah, that, that... that's a perfect way to cap off what you've just seen and really sort of say like, okay, see, this is how it worked. You know, this is how we really did it on the first bit, and we're having people follow these guys. You know, and they're being filmed again. So like. The, the, you're looking through the lens of like yet another camera. It's just I right. That was I'm a really, really nice touch. I, I thought those the, <laughs> the end credit sequence, the real end credit sequence, was really a really a pretty cool cap to the entire thing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because uh, there was a guy that did the camera. There was there was one point where the uh, main actress gal um, got knocked down. So did the camera guy. But like at the end credit scene, somebody comes up with like. A tray of waters. This guy's chugging down water so he can go run yeah. after her again. I was like, that's awesome. I mean, mind totally blown right now. The coordination it would take for, for to do any of this, really, like even to do it like in the manner they do it in the movie, within the, 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 the text of the movie, where you're just sort of like rolling with the punches and that sort of thing, that's impressive enough. But they had to do it in a way that that their story could work on multiple levels at the end of the day because it's all part of the movie you know what i mean the actual filmmakers making this movie about filmmaking they had to actually make all of those threads connect so they were even more intricate than you know what was being displayed in the the text of the film like the 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 reality of the film i don't know yeah absolutely. it's hard to talk about it's hard to even verbalize (laughs) so so they really did do this first uh scene in one take i guess it took them yeah. six six tries to do it but they but they did it that is all right. one take that they uh well I, I thought an interesting scene was is like when they do go to the reading room you know this is where you get introduced to all the characters you know and they're there i guess there was one conversation because the the female actress is a pop star and she says well it's in right. my contract i can't be puked on and <laughs> and then um you know you got you got that kind of nerdy pa guy or who plays a pa um he's outside smoking this is where he gets wow. puked on by the, by the drunk guy um the irritable bowel syndrome he has an upset tummy <laughs> that scene was hilarious by the way i'm sorry i'm yeah. such a child when it comes to that oh i am too scatological humor and make it along just fine <laughs> yeah because there was, there was that whole scene where, where he, like you see him wincing over like at the in the beginning part he's wincing over and he goes outside and the director's like no don't go out there don't go out there and then yeah. an, another production assistant comes over there grabs him he starts screaming he's like i gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah and they have to put makeup on him while he's leaning against a, yeah. a, a building taking his deuce it's, uh, it's just delightful really. yeah. and that character is such a drip on the in the middle section where we're seeing like their, their rehearsals and stuff he's that is the only thing that he's concerned about at all is please do not give me water with fluoride or whatever it is that, that hard water i need soft water i need to have a bathroom soft, yeah. I, I emailed you about that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That he has a little catchphrase even about that, and then eventually, like, and I, if, I don't know. I don't remember the first time I saw this. If I put that together right away or not, but I was like, 
looking at it this time, I was like, man, if, if you're if you're eagle-eyed enough, you can see the writing on the wall for this character. It's like, okay, well, that explains why that dude had to run off set all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and then you finally get the, I don't know, it's great. It was a beautiful <laughs> bow with that as well, because it's just like when you see the, the second half of the movie or the second part of the movie, you know, the PA's grabbing him and he's just like, let me go. I got to go to the bathroom with the director. It's like, what's wrong? He's like, I just deuced my pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> good stuff man i don't know they, they so many payoffs at the end that it's just like i don't know in, in a certain way it's again like filmmaking it's, you, you set up all these things you do all of this legwork you, you set up porta potties or you don't and then things fall apart and then at the end of the day if you manage to put together a pro, a production that works on any level that's a success on some level it doesn't matter if it's uh not the film you set out to make or what you know just accomplishing that is, is pretty impressive yeah for sure I, another scene that actually made me laugh a lot was when his wife is going crazy because she had actually replaced uh, another actress who had a baby which oh my gosh in the reading room the baby wouldn't stop crying oh no the baby's <laughs> fine and then the baby starts crying again finds out uh she pulled out of the movie so the the wife uh the the daughter tells there's a car accident i thought that oh, yeah, there's there yeah. a car accident yeah, between and, two of the actors that were having an affair actor. weren't there Oh, yeah, something like that. And then the executives are like, well, you know, we need to get this covered. And then the daughter says, well, my mom used to be an actress, so she got the part of the makeup lady. And she has a habit of reading his scripts over and over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A hundred times. A hundred times. That's not a habit. That's an addiction. So when she makes her turn and she goes crazy on the set, he chokes her out. He puts her in like a police hold and just like makes her pass out just because she's not doing what she's supposed to like cause she's supposed to get an axe to her head and but they put the bandana on her and then she wakes up and she's like ah and then she falls back down God. so I, in the initial my initial notes I was like this scene is going on way too long because this girl is screaming the main actress is screaming and you just see her screaming for I don't know what seems like Wait. way too long <laughs> you know? and uh, that, that was great how they how they uh, did that in the, in the how you saw how that happened in the third have because they're trying to uh get all of that stuff on her right and uh, uh on the uh well you saw like every time th- like something wasn't set up like for, for example the very end when they're trying to set up the pyramid and they're mm-hmm. doing that one scene where the main actor gets uh his head cut off like he he puts his hand up to stop and it's just like this uncomfortable pause right and when you see it the first time you're like what is going on here but when they when they tie it all up in a bow it's like that is great was, this guy's doing a great, great job it was pretty great so the, the this girl is screaming though and then uh, they're trying to get things ready and the director just tells her to continue to scream and then you see why that why that's happening in the third half of it so it's a third third of it i guess but um yeah it was any, any of the problems that i had with the the initial uh, movie were you know, explained in the in the uh, end. So <laughs> it, it does a beautiful job. It just undercuts itself and then it props itself up with those same me- methods. It's it's like it show it shows a bunch of flaws and you're supposed to be like, okay, well, there. At least I thought I was like, okay, well, this movie wants me to say like, oh man, this is a bad movie and want, wants it to be like funny because it's bad sort of thing. Right. Like that was my initial read on it, despite knowing there's going to be a turn. When the turn happens and you find out that all of those things are intentional gag setups. It just becomes a brilliant movie, and, and right. literally, you can't you can't even look at anything as a flaw at that point because exactly. everything, like the entire laundry list, is absolved entirely. And, and that's what I said to John. I just threw out all my notes from the first from the first exactly. third uh, when I saw the the third. 
the last third of it. Um, and in fact, I think they say in the control room, they're like, this is going on too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they actually yeah. say, say that. <laughs> it's true. And like, I don't know. It's tough to like, uh, it's tough to verbalize the sequence of events without just seeing it. So like, if you've gotten this far, listeners, sweet, dear listeners, <laughs> if you've gotten this far and you've now been spoiled, it's still worth it to watch because oh, yeah. Just everything that goes on is so intricate, so quick, and I would say that this movie invites multiple repeat viewings easily. Absolutely. I, I think that's what I wanted to do when I finished this movie was watch it again, mm-hmm. actually, just to see, you know, what was going on in that first third of the movie again well, with my yeah. with the new perspective. Well, and I, I think with me, I got to watch it, you know, just just to enjoy the ride back on Saturday. And then earlier this week, I'm like, OK, well, maybe I should take some notes, just like anything that really sticks out to me. So I don't mm-hmm. forget it. But man, I had so much fun. It was just like 37 minutes. and You're like, what the hell is going on? And then it goes to this, you know, this three minute other scene. And then you get to the title sequence of one cut of the dead. And then it continues on with the character builds. And then and, you know, the production, the read room. Then you get to the production setting up. And, you know, this is what we got to do. Everybody's reading their script and let's do this big hoorah speech and let's go. And then 37 minutes of that. And they don't show the entire thing, but it's like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy that this movie is so rewatchable because even within the confines of its own runtime, you're rewatching so many things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're we're watching the same basic sequence of events with different twists on it at least twice throughout the course of the main That's movie. Actually a good point. And then you want to go back and watch it again, so you're watching it four times in a week. You know, <laughs> and, and it doesn't get old. It, it doesn't. No, you're you're totally right. That's an interesting point. Well, interesting. All right. Well, I don't know. Do we miss anything here? I think we got it all the bases covered. You know, it's a it's actually a movie being made about a movie about a movie. If I was going to do Chainsaw Plot, I guess that'd be it. Okay. A movie about a movie made about a movie in a movie. All right, Randy, since you're our guest, uh, we do something a little different. We'll uh, we'll ask for your score one out of or zero out of five and then give us a is it good? Is it bad? Or is it a classic? Oh, man. Um, I always do my score right at the last second so i'm still deciding i'm gonna give it a four and a half um i think that it's pretty close to a five for me because there's no way this movie doesn't set out to do what it's intending to do right Right. it's making comments about making films while making a film and then it's also not subverting expectations necessarily but it's 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 just twisting things for you and keeping things fresh, keeping the same sequence of events fresh over and over again. Um, and that said, I think maybe some of the gags were a little bit like heavy handed or a little bit at first, maybe it was to me, it was maybe a little too obvious that they were setting something up for later in a couple of spots. Like for uh, example, the, um, having the guy run out, uh, the irritable bowel guy run out of the building and then be like, well, what are you doing? Like that, I was like, okay, well, this is clearly something going wrong. And if it, you know, or I don't know, I, I wasn't sure what I, I don't remember what I thought ex- exactly, but there was something peculiar about that that tipped me off is what I mean to say. So to that extent that maybe showed its strings a little bit, but not in any way that's detrimental to the movie. Really. Sure. It's just such a delight to watch to the point where you just want to watch it over and over again, <laughs> watching the same sequence of events over and over and not getting bored because it's so delicately weaved and so rich in and set up payoff uh gags that i don't know it, it, 
it, it's a, I think it is kind of a classic. I think it's going to be looked back on pretty fondly forever. Um, and I don't think you could really redo this movie this way. I don't think you could have another movie doing exactly what this is doing without it being completely derivative. So it's entirely unique in that way. I just don't see it going away. I don't know that it fits cleanly in the horror genre. That's something that I hear a lot about this movie. And I think that's a fair criticism, even the, not even criticism, just notation. But to me, that's kind of a pedantic argument to have. And it doesn't really add or take away from this movie. If you want to look at it as a comedy first, you're perfectly justified in doing so. There's certainly no scares that are effective in this movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else about it is so enjoyable and it's certainly horror adjacent enough to, to have grabbed that audience to the point where Shudder's, you know, the one releasing this film on their, on their streaming platform. So all that to say, I think it's a four and a half movie. I think it's a classic in its own right, primarily because it's of its uniqueness and its commentary on the filmmaking process. I think it's a valuable thing. I like it. Four and a half. Andy. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know that it's a classic necessarily for me. I, I would give this a three and a half, uh, three and a half stars. I think it's a, it's a little bit gimmicky. There's a little bit of a gimmick in here and, and it kind of goes you know, the, the goes into that. Um, and, uh, the, the characters are very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. All of the characters are great. Uh, the, the, it, it, it is highly rewatchable. I mean, in, like Randy said, you can watch this, uh, you know, you're watching the same sequence of events over and over and it's, it's enjoyable. Um, I just, I don't know that it rises to the level of classic necessary. And it's in, in my mind, it's a little bit gimmicky. Hmm. But I'll give it a three and a half. It's definitely a movie you should watch. I, I, it's definitely an enjoyable movie, and you will watch it uh, multiple times, I think. You're calling it good? I'd, I would say it's definitely a good movie, yes. Okay. Um, gosh, man, we're, we're all kind of all over the map on this one, because <laughs> I'm at a four, and I can't see anything more than what you guys have already said. I love the characters. I love the character arcs. I love the beginning. I love being able to see this from many different perspectives, you know, throughout the movie. Like Andy said, it's it's three different acts, but it's like three different movies that you're kind of watching all encompassing, you know, with that very end. And, and, and the characters were so, uh, were taken care of throughout this movie. Um, I don't know, man. A four for me, and I, I'm with Randy because this movie can never be remade. This is one of the most unique meta horror movies that you could ever watch. It is a total classic. All right, you good with that? <laughs> I, I'm fine. You know, I, I think, um, I, like Randy said, I, I don't know that this could be necessarily classified as a horror movie, which is why I wouldn't necessarily put it in the classic category I, th- I think there that I have some there's there I, I don't even have very good criticisms for it and I can't put it together right now but uh, it, it's absolutely a good movie I don't want to take anything away from it but I, I don't put it up in that classic category yeah I mean, if, I'm, if I may adjust your, your your metric here I would say that it, it's prime for cult classic status and not necessarily going to be you know sweeping the awards season that, would, that I would agree with I, I would totally yeah. agree with that I think this is going to be an important movie to uh, filmmakers and people and like people making low budget horror movies sure. or low budget movies in general are going to look at this as just like, you know, an expression of what they do. You know, yeah. that I absolutely agree with. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it won't win a bunch of awards, but it was uh, so 
well made and fun and yeah. entertaining. Yeah, horror adjacent, absolutely. But you know, again, this was like <laughs> this is one of the better movies that you could ever watch. Again on uh, Shutter, which you can find exclusively. All right, Randy, we appreciate you coming on uh, again. Where can they find you if they want to uh, listen to your podcast, which we highly recommend you do? Just give us a search online for Straight Chilling. That's a hard G at the end, there, by the way. Straight Chilling Podcast. Um, you'll find our website, which will lead to all kinds of things, uh, our po- the actual podcast and some of our YouTube stuff and everything else. Or else you can just search us on uh, on iTunes for the same in the same way. Straight Chilling and don't forget to join them for their Joe Bob watch party tonight, which is going to be on right. Shutter, which is uh, nine o'clock Eastern time. So keep that in mind. Look at for their uh, their social medias for the link on that. Uh, coming up for us next week, we're going to be talking about the Netflix movie Veronica, not Veronica. I don't know if you heard about that one, Randy. <laughs> oh, I've, I've heard tale. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to wrap up the month with. A cult classic, Return of the Living Dead, which uh, I cannot wait for that one. What do you guys have coming up on your show uh, Sunday? Uh, what do we have? Oh, I, th- I believe we're doing Teeth this week. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> yeah, three dudes talking about the film Teeth. It should go really, really, really well, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know everything about that, right? I've seen that. Oh, have you man, seen it? I'm, I'm very in tune with what that movie's about. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you've never seen it. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. All right. Well, that'd be an interesting. I'll it's have to it, tune in on It's stuff. not about a dentist, okay? No. No, no, I don't know. I'm, for all I, I haven't seen it yet, so for all I know, that factors in. But that is not what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Randy, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to talk to us. Looking forward to have you on again. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, and everybody else have a wonderful weekend. All right.